0: Good morning, everybody. We have a mostly lower trade or mixed to lower trade in the grain markets here early on Monday morning. It is 6:30 a.m. Central Time. March corn futures down three and a half cents at 497. March soybeans are down one and a quarter at 13.10 and a half. March Chicago wheat up three and a quarter at 637 and three quarters. March Kansas City wheat is up two and a quarter at 6.15.5. March spring wheat up one and three quarters at 614 and a quarter. Uh one housekeeping note here, guys. Remember Wednesday at uh, 12 o'clock central time. I'll be doing a live stream with Ed Usset. He's he's a uh, grain marketing economist with the University of Minnesota. We're going to talk a little bit about... past grain sales, grain sales that you've made in the past, uh kind of the mentality surrounding that sort of stuff. I know there's a lot of people especially this year who really beat themselves selves up about old sales, who try to do things to remedy old sales. We're going to talk a lot about that, a lot about kind of the mental side of grain marketing. Should be a really good conversation. That'll be Wednesday at noon live streaming and uh the episode of course will be posted to uh YouTube and all the podcast apps and everything like that. Remember if you need some more help from me, uh go to my website, it is www.standardgrain.com. Go to that website, click on Grain Marketing Plan here in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, For $49 a month, I'll send you my morning email, which goes out every business day at 6.30 a.m. Central Time. I'll send you my text message service. Uh, You'll be made aware of of any important overnight headline, all of my grain marketing recommendations. So when I'm pricing corn, soybeans, wheat, uh, throughout the year it's broken down by crop, by crop year, by percentage. It's very specific. This deal is billed to your credit card. It can be canceled at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. So certainly check that out. Uh, the big question here, of course, the last several days, why the big sell off in the grain markets, right? I mean, that's really what everybody wants to know. I don't know that there is one reason in particular why the markets have sold off. I mean, part of me looks at this stuff and says, okay, soybeans rallied, you know, $6 a bushel without any real significant correction. I mean, we saw some, what, 50, 60 cent corrections in there somewhere, but we really saw very little correction there. Corn rallied more than $2 a bushel just from its August low. Again, uh, corrections few and far between. So I think that this sort of thing is inevitable. I mean, you you get this tremendous sort of bull market. There's going to be this sort of volatility. And as I said last week, what's really surprising to me is that you have not seen more volatility of this nature to the downside. Um, The volatility has been almost exclusively to the upside up until uh, these last few trading days. So I don't know if there's one reason. Now, could there be some sort of news item that emerges that uh, we can say is responsible? Sure, there could be. Uh, there's there's always the possibility that we see some, some uh, export cancellations of some magnitude. Um, we do have some weather issues that I'm going to talk about here in a second. Uh, we know that fund traders were, were super heavily along these markets and that downside risk uh, becomes kind of exaggerated when that's the case. So there's a lot of things going on, but there's not one thing in particular that I'm aware of that's responsible for uh, this sell-off that that we've seen occur here. Uh, Kind of in the headlines here, U.S. soybean export sales remain strong. Uh, We had our export sales report out on Friday, and and the sales in beans were fantastic, 1.8 million. I I think that was the best for uh, uh, for this particular week of the year on record. We don't usually sell this many Beans on the export market this time of year. Usually your sales are, are much worse as we get closer to Brazilian harvest. Uh, China accounted for almost half of that total. We also saw a small flash sale of beans to China on Friday. So you look at what we've seen and, and the export situation in beans still looks friendly. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some cancellations here given action in the market, but that's just pure speculation. Um, uh, corn sales were very good also but uh, corn sales this time of year can be good and, and this was not super abnormal at all uh, speaking of the funds fund traders are peeling back length across the grain complex funds were estimated to be net long 289 thousand contracts of corn at Friday's close that position was probably four hundred thousand contracts or real close to it at at, uh, at the peak of the market or, or around that time funds are estimated to be net long less than a hundred thousand contracts of soybeans the estimated Friday's close was and that position peaked at 231000 in October. So large speculators have really peeled back some length in the soybean market. In the wheat market, funds esti- estimated to be net short a small amount of SRW wheat at Friday's close. So we- we've seen some fund liquidation here, certainly global wheat prices have declined marginally. Russian export prices fell just a little bit last week after a big increase earlier this month. Uh, of course, we've got this story that Russia will tax uh, wheat exports beginning in mid February. That has helped to support price action. Despite that small decline, your wheat prices on the global export market are, are the best in in six or seven years, I think since 2014. Um, Russia also increased its projection for wheat production uh, this week, just marginally. Keep in mind that grants of things here. Uh, wheat ending stocks for the world are projected to be record high. I believe the global stocks to use ratio is projected to be record high. So, you know, this Russia deal repositioned some wheat. It's going to disrupt what the typical flow of exports may drive some demand elsewhere, but it, it doesn't change the amount of wheat in the world. Analysts continue to project a record Brazilian soybean crop. Reuters polled a, a group of 12 um, analysts on Friday, and of those 12 estimates, the lowest was uh, 128 million metric tons. The highest was almost 136. So every estimate obtained is indicative of a record crop that would surpass last year's record of 126. I think 124 was Brazil's number. But in any case, indicative of a record crop. Rainfall in December and January was likely able to offset um, a dry start to the growing season to some extent. So even the lowest estimate still uh, indicates a record crop out of Brazil. Dry areas of the U.S. may see some better rainfall. This is uh, perhaps a story here this morning. So in the period from now through February 10th, a good chunk of Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma will see up to two inches of rain in total. I'm going to put this map on my screen here. This, this is kind of a big deal here for these areas. Like you look at Iowa and, and this is the map from, uh, of what's expected between now and February 10th. You look at most of Iowa and, and the vast majority of Iowa is going to see an inch and a half to two inches of rain. Uh, Nebraska, um, a lot of it's going to see an inch and a half to two inches. Kansas, same deal. Uh, uh, lot into Oklahoma also. So this for these some of air er- uh, for some of these areas could be like the beginning of of a drought busting type event here. We know that we, we know that we've seen some phenomenally dry conditions. The areas that are going to be left high and dry include the Dakotas, um, you know, Oklahoma panhandle, Texas panhandle, those areas, uh, Minnesota, not a whole lot of relief, but we do have some relief in sight here. And uh, that is noteworthy. Now, is is this system in itself enough to, to bust the drought? No, you're going to need some follow-up rains behind that. But this this could be a start. Now, keep in mind that that the majority of these rains that I'm showing you here in the forecast, this is stuff that you're going to see like like February 4th, 5th and 6th, I believe is when the vast majority of it is is slated to occur. So these, these more extended forecasts of course are always subject to change. Um, there's, there's a lot of, of things that can happen with weather models. They could put more rain in, they could take the rain out. Um, You don't know exactly how that's uh, going to work out, but that's something in the forecast this morning that I I think may be noteworthy. We had a cattle on feed report on Friday. Um, Cattle on feed number was pretty close to expectations at 100%. Placements were above expectations by three or four percent at at about 101. We were looking for 97. Marketing's pretty much on par with expectations, so I I don't know. Maybe I'd call that a little bit negative. Cash cattle trade this uh, last week: 110 to 111 in Texas, uh, 109 to 111 in Kansas, 109 to one. 10 in the north. Western Corn Belt, there was some stuff at 106. Um, In the outside markets here this morning, we have the S&P up two. The Dow's down 110. Gold's up just a little bit. The U.S. dollar is up just a little bit. Crude oil's up six cents in the March WTI, 52.32, so uh, fairly quiet. Remember, if you need some more information from me, go to standardgrain.com. Everyone have a great week. I will talk to you a little bit later.